Welcome. This is Corinne Motokaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. Really, there's so much possibility for you. There really is. Yes, there are obstacles. Yes, there are hardships. And we can overcome and rise up, pivot, redirect there really are possibilities for us. And my invitation for you is when you go through hard things to have hope for good things also in the future. So as I talk about that, today we're going to be talking about emotional health and our responsibility in regards to emotional health. This is a really important topic that I tend to do a lot of coaching around and I wanted to have this discussion with you all. So the first thing is emotional health. Let's talk about that. We are comprised of three systems, the doing system, which I talk about a lot. We're really good at that. That's the achieving. That's the accomplishment. That's the, you know, let me be this great athlete. Let me be this great student. Let me be this great mother, father, you know, employee, boss, whatever this title that we're striving for. And that's the doing. It's the achieving. It's the accomplishment. When my clients come to me, it's because they've really worked hard at climbing that ladder of success, but it still feels really empty. And it's because we have two other systems. It's our thinking system, the mindset, and it's our feeling system, the emotions, what's going on. And that system is something that we really need to cultivate and connect with because it's a very important system. I've interviewed Todd Cashton and he wrote the book, The Upside of the Dark, side and how, quote, negative feelings aren't bad. They're here to give us information. So what is the information that we can learn? When we can connect to our emotions, our emotions are data points. But so often we have been programmed and culturally programmed to believe that emotions are a bad thing or emotions are weakness. And so what we've done is we've shut that part down instead of learning how to cultivate it and connect with it and listen to it and be able to move through it and to feel it and move through it. So the idea is, is really to integrate all three, our doing system, our thinking system, and our feeling system. And that's how we become the best version of ourselves. They're all information. It's not weakness. It's not, you're too emotional. So you need to just toughen up. They're three systems that are part of us. And the integration is really, really important. And what we're seeing right now, the aftermath of COVID, if it's even an aftermath, I just, I'm not quite sure where we are in this COVID process, right? But we're seeing that people who haven't done their work and cultivated this emotional intelligence, they're working their shit out on other people, right? There's a lot of offloading of pain and suffering. We're seeing this happen in meetings in the workplace. We're seeing this happen, you know, in youth sports. I'm seeing it quite a bit. We're seeing this happen to teachers over the past year, whether they're on Facebook groups or in person or via emails. There's been a lot of offloading of our emotions because people have had anxiety and they've had so much fear. And so, 
we tend to take it out on other people. And oftentimes, we take it on the people that may not have even been part of the circumstance where that emotion came up from. So my clients see this when they go to work and they're dealing with something and they're taking it on that they're bad, there's something wrong with them. But it could be that their colleague, their boss, right, their employee is also going through stuff at home. And we've seen this quite a bit over the last 16 months or so. So in order to integrate these three systems, it's imperative that we develop our own emotional system, right? And really cultivate it and work through it. And I understand that people are afraid to do their emotional work because often people are mistaken. If they open up that door to emotions, it's going to take them down. They're going to fall down the rabbit hole as one of my, she's current client, but she used to say this a long time ago. I'm going to, I went down that rabbit hole, I went down that rabbit hole. I can't get out. When we feel these emotions, it may be really uncomfortable. It will be really uncomfortable. And it's about becoming comfortable with the uncomfortable and realizing you may be in a storm, but it will end. You'll get through it. We all need support, right? And the ability and the tools and the understanding of how to feel these feelings and move through them. I get this fear of, you know, feeling feelings, you know, as a human who at the age of 11, being a young girl, I was told by my strong, fierce mother, who was a war refugee and is an immigrant and who faced tremendous sexism in her country, as well as in the United States and racism in the United States when she immigrated over here and her way to protect me was for me to be strong and to really armor up and to not feel, save those emotions for when I die, right? That's what I was constantly told. You need to be strong. You need to achieve. You need to be perfect, right? Armor up. And then that was my family of origin. And then being an athlete and emotions in the sport world back then was considered weakness. And then as a woman, as a female professional in the male dominated field of athletics, the message was really clear. Women are emotional. There's no place for that here. I remember I had an athletic director say that, oh, all those women, they're just really emotional, right? So constantly the messages that I grew up hearing, and then as I entered adulthood and I was a professional was there's no place for emotions here. And so learning how to shut that down The problem with that is I spent a lifetime not being connected to my emotions. And so here's how this shows up. So we think, hey, we're not, we're not going to, we're going to be really stoic. We're not going to feel our emotions. We're not going to be emotional. We're not going to be one of those up and down crazy women. But what happens is we push those emotions down or like I talked about last week, compartmentalize, right? My way of pushing down those emotions was numbing with food. The other way was approval whoring. It's like, hey, if I can like do this dance of however they wanted me to be and act and say, then they would approve of me. And then I get that dopamine hit and that rush. The problem with all that is each time I did that, I lost trust with myself. But it could still work by pushing down my emotions because I was achieving. And on the outside, the success looked great. And so it didn't matter 
until it didn't work any longer for me. And as I often said, the universe taps you on the head. And so back then, because I was so emotionally disconnected and unaware, it would tap me on the head. And I'm like, hmm, wouldn't even notice. Then bricks would fall on my head. Oh, that's a little interesting. But I would keep going because I was tough. I was strong. I was capable. I didn't have time to mess around with this stuff. And then there'd be brick walls. And I would go through those brick walls, be coming out a little dizzy about like, I've got this. I'm okay. (laughs) Until at some point, the brick walls were too much. And I had to learn emotional intelligence. I had to learn about my own emotional health. And what I can say, being on the other side and being through this process is that by being able to connect and develop my emotional system, the benefits are so much more internal awareness, self-trust, where I really trust myself and I have my own back, more joy. And the joy is so often in those little things that we so neglect, that that brings really true joy instead of the pretend joy of a rush or of a Disneyland moment, but real substantial joy. The other thing about connecting and developing with my emotional system is the ability to feel my emotions, feel it and really check in with it and connect with my body and go, what am I feeling right now? And sit with it and allow it to move through and to release it. And feeling the weight of that emotion off of my shoulders instead of when I numbed and I pushed it down and it just weighed on me over and over and over. It's like that gunny sack that you're carrying around that just never gets lighter. And the other benefit is the permission to feel, like really being able to check in with, what am I feeling? What's going on inside with me? And I've really cultivated this relationship with myself where being able to cry and release it. Holy moly. I've cried so much in the last 16 months all sorts of crying, sometimes crying with friends, with family, by myself, but crying and letting it out. And that has really helped me get through this. And guess what? By being able to feel it, connect with it, move through it, I'm able to release it. And guess what? By cultivating this emotional feelings, I have been able to get so much stronger and braver And that has allowed me to be more authentic. Now, when we don't do our work in connecting and developing our emotional system, we work our shit out on other people. That looks like anger, frustration, sarcasm, you know, kind of can be playful, but there's a list of stabs, even rage, right? For those of us that really start to lose our cool. Notice I said those of us, I'm in there. And the other thing that we tend to do is we make other people responsible for our emotions, for how we feel happy, glad, stable. It's your job to make me happy. I used to do that to food. Food's job was to make me happy. I needed that guaranteed happiness. But how often are we putting that burden on the people that we love? It could be your kids. It could be your spouse. It could be your friends. We're burdening them with our emotional stability. 
And that is one of the side effects for so many of my clients when they are faced with others who don't want to do their own work on their emotional health and or (laughs) they're the recipient of those people in their lives of offloading their pain and their emotions onto them. And it's exhausting, it's draining, and it's stressful to either be on the receiving end of somebody offloading their emotions or having the burden of needing to carry your emotions for you. There's a difference between when you fall down and I reach out with my hand to help you back up or walking with you through your tough times versus me taking on your emotions and fixing it so that you feel better because it doesn't last. It's like, oh, I've got to go out and fix it again. So here's the thing. We want to be empowered. We want to be the boss of ourselves, right? I talk about that a lot here. Yet for a lot of us, and for me for a long time, we don't want to do our own work. I mean, I joke about having the white knight come in and fix things, right? I talk about the fairy godmother and the bippity boppity boo and how she waves her wand and we transform our lives. Like, wouldn't that be great? But really what it takes is us doing our own work and for us to be emotionally responsible for ourselves. I say this here, our emotional health is our responsibility, not the white knight, not the fairy godmother, not our children, not our spouse or partner, not our friends. They're in our support seats, but they're not responsible. And realizing that how we become responsible with our feelings is by feeling our feelings, checking in with the sensations in our bodies. Emotions are vibrations in our bodies and they come from inside of ourselves and the stories that we believe, the narration in our brains of what's going on and how we listen to them in our mind. And for some of you, you may be like, what are you talking about? I have this client and I've worked with her now for a couple of years. When she first came to me, she was very unaware of what she was thinking or feeling because she was taught her whole life that she was responsible for her mother's feelings. She was very disconnected to her own thoughts and feelings. It was all of her mother's thoughts and feelings, her expectations from my client. And my client was in her forties. So here's the good news for you all. She's able to cultivate and develop the connection of emotional intelligence. She can feel it. She can move through it. And recently she was driving home from work and it had been a stressful day as her country was going under lockdown again. And she didn't have time to process it during the day because work was so busy. But on the ride home, she asked herself, what am I feeling? And she checked in and there was sadness and there was fear and there was exhaustion And she felt it and she allowed herself to cry. She gave herself permission to cry. And by being able to do that, she was able to move through. And then she went home and she had dinner with her husband. And then she was able to take care of herself and do something as what we would say is so simple as doing the dishes and cleaning up the kitchen to set herself up for success so that later she had a clean kitchen to return to. And what she noticed was in the past when she wouldn't do that, She would go sit and she would emotionally eat on the couch. And then there would be the burden of that procrastination. So you can insert whatever it is that you may procrastinate on. But isn't that a huge benefit when you can connect with your feeling and take care of yourself? 
so that you can set yourself up for success, whether it's relaxing later on or being ready to go the next morning without having to have that burden of cleaning up the kitchen. This is what happens when we are responsible with our emotional health, when we can feel. And the good news is like that client, you can cultivate this and learn it. There's, it's never too late. It's never too late. It's like, I want to say, it's like learning how to swim. I've taught 86-year-olds how to swim. I've worked with clients and taught them how to connect with their emotional systems, taught with them how to pay it and learn and hear what the voices in their head are saying. I don't want to say paying attention. That's what I keep going to, but it's really about connecting and being aware and listening to what's going on inside of ourselves. So we feel our feelings and they come from inside of ourselves and we check in with the stories that we believe and we listen to inside of our mind. And that's the mindset work that I so often talk about here. And being emotionally responsible, it's about us being responsible for emotional well-being, right? Not having others be responsible for it. And here's something else that's really important. You are not responsible for other people's emotions. How often do you say, oh, well, I just want to make my kids happy, or I just want to make my spouse happy, or I need to make my mom happy. My mom's going to be so mad, right? You are not responsible for the emotions of others. If they are mad, you may need to look at what is your part. Is it because you're being snarky or is it because you're not following their script? But then the cost to you is, is that you're not living your authentic life. So you aren't responsible for their emotional well-being, but you are responsible for the emotional energy you bring into the space. You are responsible for when you aren't clear with what you want and what's okay with you and not okay with you. That's part of your emotional health of saying, I understand you want me to do this. Here's what my capacity is. Or, and if we do things out of obligation, what's the emotional energy you bring into the space. It's typically resentment, frustration, anger, right? And so then you're bringing that in and people can feel it. And you may have a smile on your face, but they're feeling the anger and the resentment. So that emotional energy is really, really important because feelings are highly contagious, especially shame, especially anxiety. They're very, very contagious. So if I'm walking in thinking I am bad, there's something wrong with me. I can't have what I want. People are going to feel it, even though I'm showing up and really smiling and approval whoring, they're going to feel my shame. There's no way to cover that up. They're going to feel it. And then the shame's going to go up their pant leg and around their neck because it's like a noose. And so instead, what we need to do is clean up our emotions, feel our emotions, and be really deliberate and responsible with the emotional energy we bring in. One of the things I often say is instead of worrying about what you can do to make someone happy, do, especially when you have nervous energy, is instead dial up a better feeling state and be responsible for what you bring into that space. So when I know I'm walking into an environment that's going to be filled with anxiety, And these days, that's a lot of places, right? After the past 16 months or so. But what I do is I decide ahead of time what it is the energy I want to bring into that space because I know there's going to be anxiety or there's going to be shame. And if I've had a tough day, and let's face it, I've had a lot of emotionally difficult days these past 16 months, like you, I'm able to feel what I'm feeling 
before I go into that space, I feel it. I, I ask myself, what am I feeling? I acknowledge it. I'm able to recognize it and identify the feeling and sit with it. And then I can move through it and release it because I've identified it. I felt it. I checked in. What are the stories I'm telling myself? I've checked in. Is it really true? Am I dress rehearsing tragedy? I treat myself with as much compassion and empathy as I can. Some days there's more than others, but I really work hard at not judging it or discounting it. And then I can work on releasing it. Sometimes the releasing is by crying. Sometimes the releasing is by screaming and letting it out. Sometimes it's just by feeling it and letting it go out through my fingertips. So then I can move through what I'm feeling when I feel the emotion, name it, and allow it to take up the space and then release it. But here's the thing, my friend, we can't release without feeling it. And like you, or many of you, I used to be afraid that if I felt it would take me down forever. And what I know for sure now, after doing this work for, what, 12 or 13 years, is feeling the feeling is the best way to move through it and release it. And as Todd Cashton says, feeling even the negative ones has a message to tell us. I don't like to call feelings negative or positive because I really think of them as all data points and they're here to give us information. Not every story is going to be, oh my gosh, you're amazing. You're fantastic. You just were so fantastic, right? Like there's going to be the dark emotions. There's going to be the sadness. It's not bad. They're data points. They're giving you information. I think about, you know, I really love warm weather. I don't like to be cold. And I love when winter comes and the days get shorter, or I like those rainy days, right? And I like the sunny days and I like the cool evenings in the summer evenings. So having the range is really enjoyable because it allows me to experience the range of things and really appreciate it all. And if we can get that way with emotions where it doesn't take us down, it's a data point. We feel it. We check in. What is the message? What are we experiencing? What does it feel like? And we can move through it. That is the key to our resilience. That is the key to us being hopeful humans. And that is the key to our emotional health. So when we can check in with our emotions, there's an upside because we are feeling, we're aware, we're connected with ourselves. We can cultivate a trust with ourselves and we can, this is a funny term. Well, it's not a funny term, but I think of it, we're really able to regulate ourselves more instead of being explosive or reactive, right? We can be more sage-like or calm or, or agile. And we all need to be agile, especially after these last 16 months, like the things that we never thought would happen have happened, right? And so the way we thought the world was supposed to be really changed. We've been able to adapt and be agile. So that's where the regulations of our emotions are really important. Now, I remind you that we are feeling beings. And remember, feelings will not take you down. Yes, they're painful, but to not feel them and to push them down comes at a high cost. And it may be actually worse than if we were to feel them in the onset. When we can develop a connection and awareness, 
it actually empowers you. It strengthens you and provides you with so much more courage. Emotions are data points. They are here to connect us with the messages our bodies are trying to communicate to us. And it's our job to make our emotional health our responsibility instead of burdening others with our emotional health's responsibility. And remember, you are not responsible for how others feel. You are responsible for the emotional energy you bring into a room or into a relationship. And finally, you're going to screw this all up. It doesn't mean you're emotionally unhealthy. It means you're human. We make mistakes. Sometimes we don't have much capacity to do this. And sometimes we just want to go and watch a show, read a book, put this aside, and then get some sleep and come back and unpack it another day. So check in with yourself and what your capacity is. Our emotional health is really, really important for us to take care of, especially where we are right now in the world in 2021, mid-year. My invitation for you is you practice connecting with yourself and cultivating that emotional health for yourself so that you can empower yourself, enjoy your life, have the relationships you want, and do the work that really matters for you. All right, I'm smelling big for you. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you'll love my weekly emails. I know you're thinking, Corinne, really? Do I want another email in my overflowing inbox? Yes, you do. Yippee, skippy, you do. These are short, they're sweet. On Fridays, I send out the Friday podcast. It's a great reminder that there's a new show and it comes straight into your inbox of the latest episode. Awesome. You click on it, you go straight because we all need reminders. We have busy full lives. And then on Sundays, I have my Sunday love column. And these are emails I write from the heart. They're filled with love. We need more love. We all do, myself included. These are short emails where you get a quick takeaway so you can incorporate this into your life. Because people often want to know what to do and how to do it. And maybe sometimes it's a story that you get, or there's like one time I wrote about the 10 ways to practice gratitude. And that became such a great tool when one of the readers was struggling in the middle of the night, because it can be a scary place in our brains in the middle of the night. And she remembered the email that I sent about 10 ways to practice gratitude. And she was able to practice gratitude and fall back asleep. And that was an awesome lesson for her to incorporate into her life. Go to the show notes and there's a link in the show notes where you can sign up and get these emails in your box. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wild.